Welcome to Profits Affogato, a podcast all about growing a profitable business that pours over into your life. I'm your host, Sarah Verhayen, online entrepreneur, wife, and mom of two. I'm the owner of Marish Books, where we help small business owners grow their profits by embracing the number side of their business. It's our mission to make business and accounting more human. Whether you consider yourself not a numbers person or you think playing in spreadsheets is a fun time, you're welcome here. So pour a cup of coffee and join me for inspiration, stories, and action steps to create the life of your dreams and a business you love. For today's episode, I had a great chat with Katie Fleming. Katie Fleming is somebody I came across pretty early on when I started my business. I came across her on Instagram, and she is a fantastic business mindset coach. And I was so excited to have her on my podcast because we've had several chats in the DMs about things that we've noticed in the coaching industry and where we see room for improvement and things that are going great. And also, I've been doing a lot of money mindset work, and I knew that she would have some really valuable insights on that too. So we dive right into that. And I'm so excited for you to listen to this interview. Welcome Katie Fleming to the podcast. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you. I think most of my audience will know about you, but for those of my audience who doesn't, would you mind giving me a brief background? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is, I'm just so excited that we can take this conversation onto your podcast because we've been having some great conversations behind the scenes and the DMs and everything. And I'm just excited to go deeper today. So yeah, I'm Katie Fleming and I am a coach for ambitious moms that are scaling six and seven figure businesses. And they are doing it in a way that honors their life, both in and out of their home. So they're calling both in and out of their home is what they're all about. Building this business empire and the family legacy at that same time with no sacrifice. So I personally have built my business alongside of children the entire way. I remember the tiny years with the newborns and then when there was two and then the toddlers. And then now we're at the stage where there's emotional navigation. They have opinions. They're very strong-willed like their mama. And it's just a matter of like, they're eight and six years old. So there's lots of dynamics going. And of course, there's all these seasons to come. What's cool about that is there's not many people in this industry that have built businesses as a primary caregiver as their children. And that's never something I wanted to sacrifice. It was always something I wanted to have my hand in. And I also knew at the same time that it was possible to have this limitless income and this limitless growth, both in the business and also still be incredibly present at home. And that's what I've been able to do in my business and be the leader of in this industry as as an ambitious mom in this community. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) I think it's so cool the opportunities we have with technology and just how we're able to build a business from anywhere, really, and the flexibility that that brings us. So today I wanted to talk to you about money mindset. Like you said, we have had some very interesting conversations in the DMs and I'm excited to dig deeper into those. So if you don't mind, can you tell me a little bit about your story with money mindset? Yeah. So I kind of grew up in just like a family that was, I was always taken care of. We had a side of the family that was more wealthy than the other. And it was just an interesting place to be witnessing both. And also I think the biggest thing for me is having both the fulfillment as well as the income. Like I, I, I kind of witnessed it as a kid as like, it was either, or you either had the money or you had the really incredible memories and the health and the happiness, but it was I didn't see too many like both examples. What I've really come to realize is that 
that's my role in this family is to merge both of those things together and to be that leader for that paradigm of we get to have both existing. And it's both and is like, I literally say both and like so many times a day. And it's funny to me when my kids are like, my husband will be like, well, do you want the chocolate ice cream or the mint? And my daughter's like, both. I'm like, well, what do you expect? Both and life. That's what we do here. So <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very- annoyed by it, but it's okay. <laughs> but you know, then coming into this, like this coaching space and I was very risk tolerant. So like investing was never like an issue. I will say I wasn't out the gate, like 20 K for a coach. That was never me, but it was like this inching in and this, like, I'm willing to use debt in a, in a way that was like smart, very fiscally aware of like what's going on for me. But it was always like a, I was ready to play in that world. And so I was going to immerse myself in there in terms of investing, but also I had a plan. So it wasn't like, I'm just throwing money at the people because that's what they say I need to do to be successful. It was never that. And so in every single investment along the way, there was some level of learning, growth, or connection that came through it, even if it wasn't exactly what I thought I was going to get. Yeah. And when you talk about having a plan, I think that's an interesting topic too, because a lot of the times you never know exactly how the plan is, or you can have a plan, but it's always a little bit different than what you're expecting. So how did you navigate when the plan would change and maybe you would be making an investment and then things shifted a little bit? How did you kind of roll with the punches like that? So I always believe that we're gathering tools, we're gathering data, we're gathering things on our journey that we need. Like we're just, it's almost like we're picking up these little rocks on the side of the river that we'll eventually need down the stream to like build the bridge or whatever. So everything is serving you. And if you have that mindset, it's going to be a lot easier for you to go through these experiences because you're going to have like this view of like, I don't know how, but some way this jerky coach, this whole experience will serve me. And it may take a while for you to realize that, but it'll happen. I promise. I remember going into one of my first, no, probably my second or third group coaching containers where it was like around building a course and creating a funnel and getting people in there organically, I think is, was the focus of it, or maybe it was ads. And I remember like feeling like this, like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the solution. This is what I need. I'm about to like within 30 days, 30, 60, 90 days, I'm going to have a thousand people in this course and they're going to pay me this much money. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it was like this frantic, like, this is it kind of energy. And I told my husband, this is the thing, babe. This is the last time I'm going to put it on the card. I got this. I got you like this. So he, we did it right. This is on my personal card. So like that was not smart business-wise. Once I got the books up and running, like that's a whole nother story. <laughs> I definitely was co-mingling. Right. You guys know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> I remember that because it put my power in somebody else. And it wasn't until I finally realized that it wasn't the Facebook ads that were going to be the thing. It wasn't the coach who was going to finally help me map my funnel or make my course or give me some grand thing. It was never that. Once I realized it was me, that's when everything shifted. That's when the business took off. That's when some of my first clients came in who were some of my greatest referral sources at the time. That's when things started rolling, but it wasn't until I finally realized there was no coach, no thing, no strategy, no method outside of myself that was going to be the thing. It was me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's so interesting. I recorded an episode recently on why it's so hard to talk about money and how much judgment and fear is around money. And I had this kind of like revelation of like, what would it be like if everybody kind of moved past the scarcity mindset into the abundance mindset and everybody just knew that they have what they need 
today. They have what they are going to need for tomorrow. They have what they need to create their dreams, basically. And then my thought process went to like, what the heck would marketing look like? Because right now it's these big numbers are thrown around of I've helped my clients get, you know, 100K, you know, quarters or whatever it is, 10K months, 20K months. And I think like the human psychology is to hear that number and be like, oh, wow, like that could be me. This could be the answer. Just like you said, this could be the thing. Like, what would I do to that money? And then, you know, you're down that rabbit trail and then you're convinced basically, but like, what would marketing look like if it wasn't about the numbers anymore? I'm curious about your thoughts on that. You know, it's interesting because like I battle with this constantly, seriously, like you should hear my inner dialogue, but <laughs> it it is this element of like, when you get into my world, it's, I'm not like, I'm not the reason and for any of it. And I'm very clear about that, but also like, there is this element of like, there are people who still are in the consciousness of like needing a carrot to be able to move forward. Mm. So like, I do need to dangle a carrot in front of them sometimes to get them to come into my world because in my world, I'm going to show you the most powerful thing and that's you. So I do kind of have to like play the game a little bit. And the way I think about it is there's this thing in the Bible. I can't remember where it is, but it says be in the world, but not of the world. So like be in the coaching industry, but not of the coaching industry. So I like play in the coaching industry but I'm not, a, I'm not of the same cloth, if that makes sense, as most of them. So it's like, we do have to put the results out there. We do have to say that, that what you're going to get from our, our stuff. But like at the end of the day, me dangling a carrot, I don't do it that often anymore. I used to, I used to lead with the money heavily in my marketing. It just, that's not the thing. And, mm-hmm. But sometimes I do have to dangle it a little bit to get people into my world so that then I can show them the real thing behind the scenes. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. It's a hard sell to be talk about all the like intangible things that come from it. It's so much, I guess it's just like something that everybody can relate to and imagine is just like the money. And that's a fact mm-hmm. <laughs> versus you could have like a, a more of an inner satisfaction, but like, how do you quantify that? You're like, I feel 10% better today than yesterday. Like that's not very exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But also that. like at some point, like, do I need to keep saying my results or can you just see it? And that's kind of, that's kind of the way where I've begun to kind of move into is, do I need to put it on my Instagram bio for you to realize I can help you? Or can you just tell? Like, (laughs) so it's like, I don't know, it's, I'm being a little cheeky with this, but it, I think that's where we're going to see this industry move towards is there's going to be the people that need you to have a hundred K months in your bio for them to buy from you. Mm -hmm. And there's also the people that are like, I can sense something from her or she's the bookkeeper for me, or she's the coach for me. And I don't know how, and I don't know why, but she is. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is I, right before our call, I wrote this, I practiced the art of channeled content is what I call it. And it's just Mm -hmm. like this, this art of like, just creating whatever's top of mind. What are you thinking? It's being very hyper present to what's top of mind so that you can extract it. And that's usually the most energetically potent content. And this thought flowed through, which came from a conversation I had with somebody today in the DMs. And they were like, I have no idea why I'm reaching out to you versus every other coach on the internet. But for some reason, I feel pulled into your world. I understand that reason, Mm -hmm. but they're like, I don't know why I'm here. And I'm like, I know why you're here. It's okay. (laughs) I got you. So, but that, that's what I'm talking about. And that's the world we're moving to in this industry, whether it's the bookkeeping industry, whether it's the coaching industry, whether it's the construction industry, like it is moving to that place, whether, and I think some are going to be a little more lagging, whereas you may not choose your construction guy based on his energy, but like, it's going to happen. (laughs) And I've told a story so many times about on my podcast about the garage door guy and how I chose a garage door guy to fix my garage door. 
based on his energy. Like mm-hmm. we are moving that way. Anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. I'm excited to see kind of how that evolves. So you mentioned debt when you were kind of earlier on in your business, what, knowing what you know now and kind of what you went through, what is your mindset on debt? I think debt used, used well is, is very smart. It's what the wealthy do. They use debt in order to leverage and to grow and create more wealth. So I have no issue with it. The issue is, is the only thing I would have done differently. And that's such a hard thing to say, because it's also like, I did learn so much through that. And if had I never done that, I would have never gotten to the place where I'm now like, I see that I gave, I outsourced my power to the coach or to the program or to their methodology. And I didn't retain my own. So of course I didn't get the results. So like, had I never gone that way, I I don't even know if I could say what I'm saying, but that would be the only thing is anytime you invest in order to get something and get something now in a timeline now, like we have to be open to however the thing comes in and it may or may not be in the way that we expect. But if we can trust that we're always getting that lesson, that's good. I always say like, have a plan. Like there's ways to leverage that. That's really creative. 0% great cash back rewards. Amazing. Like those are some smart, savvy things. And you shouldn't be afraid of that. I think Dave Ramsey has created a culture that's afraid of debt. And I don't agree with that either. Mm-hmm. It's a tool. hundred yeah. percent. It's a tool. And it's another form of abundance. If you've got 300,000 on credit that you're able to tap into and utilize, that's abundance mm-hmm. right there. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's cash or credit, it's there. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. So this is also something we talked about in the DMs and you, you touched on it a little bit, but when you're looking for somebody to invest with, <laughs> what, again, knowing what you know now and how you operate versus people who, but also I'm thinking through the marketing of like, well, here's the proven ROI. And that kind of leads to the notion that do this and it's guaranteed almost like taking the responsibility out of the person who's investing. What are your thoughts on that? So you want to look always at what is this bringing up for me? So, and this is really where like subtle energetics come in. You want to tune in subtly to the way you feel. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes what happens in marketing is this gap is created energetically, which is like, here's the result. Let's just say hundred K months. Cause it's pretty astronomical for a lot of people to grasp, but it's hundred K months and you're at two. And this is like a huge gap. And so you feel like this, like I'm lacking. I need something. She's clearly knows something I don't, because if I knew it, then I'd be there too, or I'd at least be closer. And it's like this, like frantic, grabby, clenchy, like you want to tune into the subtleties. I'm grabbing these words but you can grab them from tuning into your body. You can figure out like, how do I feel right now? How do I feel in this coach's presence? When I speak to them, do I feel like expansion? Do I feel like this like lifting? Do I feel this light emanating? Or do I feel pushed down, pressed? Or like, do I feel clenchy? And like, and if you were seeing the video right now, you can see my shoulders kind of, our body posture will tell us a lot about what's going on energetically. But if it's any of that, then that's a clear sign to kind of run. Yeah, it's probably, and not that it's not that the person's bad, not mm-hmm. that the program's not right, not that any of that is true or not. It doesn't really matter. It's just that it's not right for you right now. Yeah, and we don't have to put labels or stories on like what it means or what they mean or they're dark or they're light or they're good or they're bad mm-hmm. or they have a red lightsaber and they have a blue. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just not right for you right now. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much because it's somebody that anybody can take instantly and apply that. And especially like when you come across people that's like, it's my way is the only way that does feel like, oh, crushing almost like, well, what if I don't like it? And so, yeah, I love that. That's an easy measure to not easy, but 
a doable measure for anybody as they're considering doable. working with something. Yeah. <laughs> it takes practice though. Cause we're yeah, so, we're so conditioned just to separate from our, our vessel, our body being a communicator, but it is one of the biggest communicators for us. Yeah. So what's a good way to practice that? So breath is like the biggest way that I like to anchor into it. So if I'm trying to like get some cues, because oftentimes we, we hang out mostly in our upper center. So like our head, Mm -hmm. especially as analytical people, like that's where we're hanging out most of the time and coming down from the logic into the heart space is quite tricky. Like for most definitely is for me, my safe place is my mind, but my most powerful place is my heart. Mm -hmm. And so it's even, it's actually my superpower when I can merge both the mind and the heart. And I found that that's exactly true for most of my clients. So you're the same way. Like when it's, when you merge that heart space with your mind, it's, it's, it's next level. One of the best ways to do it though, for me is breath and the visualization of that energy moving from my head into my heart. Mm. And then, then from that place, like then what's next. And maybe it's just, maybe I start to notice I start to become aware of like the body positioning or maybe an an idea comes to mind or maybe a voice is like, well, have you considered Sarah to do your books? Reach out to her. And like, maybe it's those little subtle nudges and it's a still small voice. Like I still remember to this day, the client that connected you and I, Katie Farrow, like she, she came to my intuition and I reached out to her in DMs. and was like, how are you? And that was the, the conversation that sparked everything that kind of began that relationship moving towards a client coach relationship. And it's those little things that we get intuitions around, but we have to be still, we have to be present to actually witness them. Yes. Isn't it so frustrating, like beautiful, but frustrating that those things are like the quietest. <laughs> it's all like the self-doubt and the negative stuff, but the loudest. And you're like, ah, <laughs> Yeah. So hard to be still and listen. It is, but I found it get it's still always quiet, but -hmm. you just get better and you get more Mm -hmm. tuned to hearing it the more you listen to it. Mm -hmm. It's like a muscle. Yeah, that makes sense. You talked just now about the intuition kind of kicking in. Can you talk about the balance between, I guess, like the masculine and feminine energy of doing, 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 taking action, and then also making time for those intuitive downloads to come in? Yeah. Well, the the action is required. Like we need the action big time. Mm -hmm. And for most ambitious women, it's not that the action is the issue. It's just because we don't have any problem taking action. It's just that we want to align first and then take the action. This again, comes back down to like, why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing this because you feel like you have to go post for the 50th time today to get a client? Or like, is there any of that kind of energy there? Or is it literally just because like, it's an overflow of your soul and your mind just came up with it while you were doing dishes and like, you're so excited to put it out into the world. Those are two very different frequencies. One is like, I need to squeeze everything out as I can. And the other one's like, I'm so full that I have nowhere else to go other than overflow into the world. Mm -hmm. So that to me, like that masculine effort and that kind of a situation is like always more fruitful because it's from that overflow and abundant place versus the lack of, I need to go get something to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I always say I've got to work on that language. To be honest with you, this is something I'm actually working on real time. Not saying, does that make sense? Because it's something I say, not because I think y'all don't get it it's yeah. because I don't think I make sense. <laughs> So, I know. Anyway, real time. <laughs> I've had conversations with people where like they say that and then, or they're like offended by it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't mean to imply that you don't get it. Like, but no, I totally understand what you're saying. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> real time. Some things I'm working on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a question. It might be too personal. So if you don't want to answer it, you can just skip it. With money mindset, as you have shifted your mindset, how has that gone with like your extended family? 
<laughs> okay. I love that you're on this wavelength because I was literally just thinking before you said that, just how even in the question at the beginning where I was talking about both families and the different perspectives, I felt friction around that because my family listens to my podcast. <laughs> they actually do. And they listen to the ones that I'm on and I'm very aware of that. But also what was coming up for me was like, it's no, it's not even necessarily true what I'm saying for them, unless it is, this is where it gets trippy. (laughs) But it's like, it's my own perception and the way that I, as a child internalize this, but also how me as an adult is now re-reconciling with my past. It's like one of those things of like, did the tree fall? If you weren't there to hear it, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But if it was how I experienced that, then that's the only thing that does matter, but it may not be what they experienced either. Mm -hmm. So it like literally means nothing about them unless there's something that it's showing for them to handle, but it has to be done through their own lens, not through their projection or reflection rather of like what I'm putting out there. So family, if you're listening, (laughs) this means nothing about you unless it's showing you something that you can work through. (laughs) And then your perception of what they might think is really just about you because it's your perception. It's so trippy. (laughs) But yeah, I, and I think that's like, that is one of my core tenants in my business or the, really the way I operate my life is, is personal responsibility, discernment and self-awareness. If something is triggering me in my world, whether it's like a family member who said something or their own sharing of their story and how it related to them that I was involved with, it's not really, it doesn't matter, but there is something that it's showing me that I can heal. And that's where the self responsibility comes in to where I'm committed to like looking at what's coming up for me and healing that. So I can get to a place where like I can interact with family and not be triggered. And it's pretty cool to, I just got back from a two week trip with a lot of extended family and to witness myself, like gliding through this experience, like literally felt like gliding, nothing that used to trigger Nothing that used to be old wounds or would rub me the wrong way or anything, nothing, nothing, literally nothing. And I'm like, wow, this is true freedom. This is why I coach. This is why I do the work that I do because yeah, the money's great. And yeah, we can talk about those results all day, but like, can you actually hang out with your family and like love them? <laughs> Simple question. <laughs> like, or do you like hang out around your mom and you like hate your life because you know what I mean? Like it's these little things of like, can you actually spend time with your extended family or does your uncle tick you the frick off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or can you just like look at him and be like, uncle, that's stupid how you do that, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't make me feel and it doesn't any bother way. you. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that's like, to me, that's true freedom. If when I can like be in my life, be with friends or be with family and actually not have to try and be a certain way or need them to behave a certain way for me to love them, I can just love them. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but it's yes, like, absolutely. it's very crazy saying, even saying coaching packages, prices on Instagram mm-hmm. had a, a charge the first time I ever did it. It's like, well, what are they going to think? And what are they going to think? And I remember being really concerned about this one friend of my husband, his wife, his friend's wife. And I was like, well, she's going to say something. This was mostly my intuition. She didn't say anything, but they weren't friends with us after a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. (laughs) The friendship kind of fell out. So my point is, is that like people going to do what they're going to do. Life's going to move on. But if you're true to yourself and what you're here to do, like that's it. If you're committed to your frequency, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about 
pricing in the coaching industry? Because I mean, there's inflation everywhere, but man, like the coaching online business space, online business space in general is just like up there. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on coaching and online business prices in general? Yeah, they vary. Yeah. I coach a lot of people who charge not enough. They'll Mm -hmm. come to me with, you know, 50 bucks a session and I know the work that they do and I can see the transformation they do. And I'm like, girl, that needs to be more. A lot of times people come to me and they're like, I know you're going to cringe the moment I tell you the price. I'm like, probably will. (laughs) And then there's people who are like way over what they should be, but it's not necessarily my job either to tell them that it's Mm -hmm. my job to help align them to the right price for them right now. And so are there prices that I would never pay? Like I would never pay $300,000 for coaching for one year, but people are, and they are, and then they're, they're paying more than that for other coaches that I'm sure I'm not even aware of. So mm-hmm. it's happening. But to me, in my, it just comes down to like, where's your focus? Where's your priority? Where are your values? Cause to me, I'm like $300,000. I could go put money down on like five different rental properties right now. That's where my mind goes. Right. But then not everybody knows how to do that kind of side of things. Nobody, not everybody knows how to source properties. Like that's another, it's a whole nother world. It's what, what are you prioritizing and valuing? And again, like if you need to hire the $300,000 coach for you to feel like you're worthy of making a million dollar a year business, that's probably not the answer, but there are people who are paying that. There are people who have that money available. There is abundance beyond even what I can even comprehend right now. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's coming to mind right now is we were driving in downtown Nashville with my kids and my husband this past week. And my daughter points at this house she really likes. And she's like, is that for sale? And I was like, yeah. My husband's like, no, it's not. I'm like, everything's for sale. <laughs> for the right price, they will sell me that house. <laughs> for real. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of... It's subjective. Yeah. And do I charge 300000 a year? No. Will I ever? I can't see a world where I'm doing that. But who knows? <laughs> I like picking your brain. We don't want to make that wrong because there could be a world in which you charge crazy high amounts that are triple what most bookkeepers and accountants charge. Is it okay? Yeah. I'd want you to, if it's in your highest and best, and that's what your soul is calling you to do. And that's what you're being asked to do. Like, yes, please. So I think it's like the key thing we want to do is stay out of the judgment Mm -hmm. and out of the right, wrong and out of the good, bad and out of the light, dark. And like this compare, like this need to have things in places. And I, I I see this constantly in my own self where it's like, I just need to understand where everything goes so that I know where my place is, but like, we don't, it's actually all open. There is no light, dark. There is no duality. There is none of that. We put that there in order to like compartmentalize things Mm -hmm. and fragment, but actually we're meant to be unified. Right. Do you ever envision a world in which money is just like easy to talk about and there's not that judgment and fear and insecurity surrounding it? Yeah. What's actually wild is I see, I see a time when we won't even use money as exchange. Mm -hmm. It's hard to fathom that at the end of the day, it's all about provision and provision can come through any method. So what if you, your kid needs braces and the doctor ends up comping you like 75% because of something like a job your husband does and you get 75% off. Like that's abundance. And I have this deep belief that we have everything we need. We're given everything we need, like anything you need for your greater good and your evolution and for you to serve the greater good will be given to you. And it's the same thing I think about like the birds, they don't try to figure out where to get the food. It's there. Mm-hmm. We don't figure out how the wildflowers grow every year, but they do. Like it's, it's that. 
And it's a deep level of trust that I have that I know is not normal necessary, but necessarily, but it can be cultivated. And I think it's, it is a glimpse of like a world where like, we don't exchange dollars anymore. It's just a matter of energetic exchange, whether that comes in the form of money or something else. It's more about the energetic exchange. Yeah. It's fascinating to think about. (laughs) What would you recommend to somebody who is wanting to work on that trust and like, how can they start? It's tuning in. It's the stillness. It's the, okay. So back to Instagram, it's the, if you see me post something on stories and you feel it, you're like, that's for me. But then your logic is like, well, no, I just said I was going to stop buying things. And like, I just purchased something last week, but it's like, it doesn't make sense, but you feel it. Like that's where you got to trust prioritizing stillness and just some, somehow having moments with yourself. Like for me, it's back porch at the end of the night with a book that I rarely open. And I just sit there and like stare at the birds and like think and like, whatever. It's that for me, but it wasn't always, I wasn't always comfortable in those moments. I wasn't always able to just sit there with myself. Basically it took time and it, it took practice, but it was like, can I have five minutes out there without my phone before I pick it up mm-hmm. or something like that? Or can I, can I just breathe and with my eyes closed in the morning while I'm holding my coffee and like feeling the warmth and like focus my breath on my heart and just be in prayer and gratitude before I feel the need to open Instagram. Like, can we just do a little bit more? Yeah. It's so interesting how hard it is to like be bored anymore. <laughs> and yeah. I remember, you know, when I first tried to start meditating, I was like, I couldn't do it for more than a couple of minutes. And now, you know, I've come a long way, but this is kind of off topic, but I'm curious, how are you parenting with that mindset? If you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, it's a journey. So this is super interesting because my, my oldest shows me all my triggers, mm. any of my unresolved ones. She usually is the one to be like, hello, here they are. Come fix them. <laughs> and we usually heal them together. Her biggest one lately is that her sister gets everything and it's unfair. Mm. And even to the point where like things manifest for her showing that like today at Trader Joe's, they give you stickers when you leave mm-hmm. and my youngest one, she's just, she just can smile and get whatever she wants. And my older one, she's older. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they gave her stickers and my oldest got six stickers. My youngest got seven. And so she was like, <laughs> she, she always gets more. <laughs> I'm like, there's stickers, please for the love. So, but it's like this, like the world is not in my favor. It's out to get me. Everybody else gets what they want, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And it's that's definitely was a big theme of my like childhood. And I always went and policed everything to make mm-hmm. sure everything was equal. Yeah, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. For me, the big thing is the three things I said about my business, like dis- discernment, self-awareness, and personal responsibility. Those are the big things I try to teach my kids. Mm-hmm. Discernment is huge, especially when we're talking about like the coaching industry. How do you know who's what, what's for you, what's not? Like that's discernment. That's mm-hmm. being able to tune into that inner voice and know like, is this a yes now or or no? And then the trust, right? But also then the personal responsibility. The cashier is not responsible for the fact that you got six and your sister got seven and that makes you feel left out. She's not responsible for that. I'm also not going to be the mom that's like, could you give me another? But I will say, sometimes I do. Sometimes I am like, hey, you just gave one kid bubbles. Can you please yeah. give the other one bubbles yeah. too? Like, please. Because <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with this fight that's about to break right. out. But also we're getting to this age with my kids where I'm, I got to teach you how to roll when life doesn't roll in your favor and how mm-hmm. just because 
they did something that didn't make you happy does not mean you have now the justification to go be whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think if we can take those tenants into our parenting, like we're going to have some awesome humans who know how to lead themselves. And that at the end of the day is everything I'm trying to do with my kids. Yeah. yeah. It's so exciting to see what it's going to look like. <laughs> yeah. Well, Katie, I have enjoyed having you on the podcast so much. And I'm going to end with a question that I'm going to ask all my guests. So the question is, if you could tell Katie a year ago, something, anything, what would you tell her? <sighs> What was I doing? We were in the middle of summer. I had just decided to move from homeschool to a private school. And that came with its own coding of like money wounds. Actually, it's interesting of like, well, are we private school people? Like, Mm. do we pay this much money for school? Like, is this okay with our like tribe, you know, situation. And it wasn't like, these were all the words. I mean, they were because I'm very self-aware, but like, also it's just like this inner, like feeling of separating from the tribe and rewriting your path a little bit. I remember feeling like, how are we going to make this work? This is insane actually. And I heard this voice of like, this is a drop in the bucket. And it was true. That's one of the things that anytime, and I've known this because I've done this so much in my life and I've witnessed my own parents do this, but anytime we make a decision, not considering money, but just like, what is best, what is best for our family? What is best for our well-being and our good? Money aside, is this what's best for our family? And the answer was clearly yes. And anytime we make that decision out of trust of like knowing this is what's best, the money will figure itself out. Mm -hmm. Like we talked, that provision will come. The wildflowers figure out how to grow. The birds get fed. Everything's good. Like that's, but we've got to make the, the decision from this place of like, this is what's best. And all of life will rearrange in my favor if we trust. And yes, there's practicals. Yes, there was do some things, take some actions and and yeah. But at the end of the day, like do trust. So mm-hmm. I love that. That's a really good example and good story. It's yeah, money mindset. It just ties into everything. <laughs> everything. So where can listeners find you online? So I would love for you to come hang out with me on Instagram. Actually, I love it when you guys screenshot your shows and tag Sarah and myself. Let us know that you're listening. Yeah. I just love to hear your ahas. Like what came up for you? Cause it's different for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hang out with me there. And then the ambitious mom podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was such a great chat. And so thank you. <laughs> yes. You're so welcome. Thank you for asking. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Profits Affogato podcast. For all the links mentioned in the episode, check out the show notes. And as always, I'd love it if you would find me on Instagram at Marish Books, screenshot the episode, and tag me in your stories with your favorite takeaway. 